Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hello, this is Penny. Thank you for joining the Flourish Podcast today. We're on the very last point or the very last A of a series entitled The Six A's of Influence. Excuse me, The Six A's of Influence. And we've done so far, the very first one was attention, showing people attention. The second one was showing them affection. The third one was affirming them. The fourth one was apprenticing them. And the fifth was assignments. In other words, sharing the load with others, giving them assignments. And our last A is accountability. It's okay to call people up to a different place, to a higher standard, if we're doing it appropriately with a right heart and at the right time. We just don't need to just plunge into people's lives. Unfortunately, back in the day, I seemed to be sometimes like a bull in a china shop. I remember times where I just like laid into people even about things that I expected. And some of them, granted, were people on a leadership team I had, but nonetheless... I was entirely too roughshod in in the way I approach things. Thankfully, I've learned a few things since then. So it has to be, the timing has to be right. The heart has to be right. But it is a good thing to hold each other accountable. And that includes, like, if you're a leader, other people holding you accountable as well. Of course, again, with the right spirit in the right way. Ephesians 5.21 says, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Okay, so that means we're just not an island. We don't get to do our own thing, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm my own boss. I'm my own person. Nobody should ever say anything to me. Well, if you're a Christian and you are following Christ, then that should not be the case. We should be open to people speaking into our lives. That doesn't mean you're a doormat or a pincushion. That means you have a humble heart and you're open to learn new things and to change. Acts 20, 27 and 31 say, For I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. In other words, he challenged them. He spoke into their lives. He brought correction to them. And that was part of learning. That was part of leadership for him. That was part of loving others. You know, the Bible talks about God saying that any child that he truly loves, he disciplines or brings correction to or straightens out their path, so to speak. Again, this has to be based on earned trust on equity, as I call it. When you have equity with someone, they trust your intentions toward them. They trust your heart toward them. And it needs to be done with humility. Not arrogance ever, not rudeness. Uh, I love the verse that says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Write them on your heart, bind them around your neck, and you will have favor with God and man. 
kindness and truth work together well. You don't just go blurting truth into people's lives, no matter who they are. You mingle it with kindness if you want to have any kind of positive effect. When I think of the people that have impacted my life, and and probably if you take time to think about that, chances are they required something of you. They challenged you in some way. I'll never forget the time I went away with Keith to a place called Prayer Lake. We were taking a little respite just to spend time together and, and even just to ask God some things that we needed some help with. But in the process, the woman who ran that ministry, her name was Joy, she said, may I talk to you? And I said, sure. And and she challenged me about some things that she felt she saw in me. Excuse me. One of the things she said was, I feel like you have some father issues that are undealt with. And having been a Christian already for quite some time, in my mind, I thought, well, wait a minute. I've already forgiven my dad for leaving us when I was young and for not really bothering with me much of my life, almost all of my life. But she said, well, maybe it's something you need to consider. And so I I said, okay, I'm going to consider that. And I went off by myself for a while and really asked the Lord if if that were the case. And I just said, I'm going to be open to this. And I reprocessed everything regarding my dad. And Indeed, there were still a lot of hurts inside of me, things that I had buried and things that I now replaced with, instead of hurt, was just apathy. Like, I don't really care about my dad. I don't really need him in my life. So what that he doesn't bother me? All those type of things. But there were some issues inside, some even unforgiveness issues. And probably one of the greatest miracles in my life came after that little time of prayer where that woman called me up. She called me into accountability in an area of my life. I went home, and a few days later, my dad called me on the phone, never did that, ended up being the beginning of a maybe, what, a year and a half process where God did such a miracle between my dad and I to such a degree that when he died a year and a half later, I spoke at his funeral about God returning the hearts of the father to the children and the hearts of the children to their father. It was a profound miracle, and it started by someone calling me into account in an area. She didn't do it rudely. She didn't do it abruptly or harshly in any way. She was gracious. But she brought something to my attention that needed to be addressed. And then later on, she actually asked me if I've if I followed through with that, did I actually do anything with what she had mentioned? And and we talked about it. And so that made a big difference in my life. I had a mother in the Lord in my life when I was young, young in ministry, had not been married that long. Maybe I think I was married like, oh, five, six years. Her name was Helena Kelly. And she loved me like a mom. She was a wonderful friend. She encouraged me. She affirmed me. She brought me gifts. She had me in her home, but she also called me up and challenged me. And she also gave me a very clear word one day on the phone. She said, I see your life is missing love. You don't have love in your life. It's like a dead area. And 
I could have really been offended by that, but I just chose to listen. And she said, God is going to turn that around and that's going to become the most flourishing thing in your whole life. You're going to be known. That's going to be the mark on your life. And God is going to do it. He's going to strike the rock and water is going to flow out. And she called me up. She challenged me. She said, you need to pursue God on this. What does that look like? And that began a process of me really seeking the fatherhood of God that changed me and turned me into a lover because of his love, because of his fatherhood. Um, I'll never forget one time I had had quite a few children in a row and I have eight kids and I was becoming a bit overwhelmed. And Keith and I went on a um, little trip to, to be with a pastor and his wife and Keith was speaking at their church. And she came up to me and I said, yeah, I, I'm pregnant again. I can't even believe it. And she very firmly said to me, don't you dare feel sorry for yourself. God is going to use your children and this child, even in particular, to be such a blessing in your life. And don't you dare give yourself time to, to be pitiful over yourself. And I was taken back, of course, but she was right. And that changed my outlook. I stopped being like, oh, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to do this? This is overwhelming, to being thankful. And my children have been the joy of my life. And this child in particular as well has been such a dear blessing to me, such a joy to me. And so it's helpful. Those, some, those are some of the people that have most impacted me in my life. And they've called me into a place of accountability. And always remember, Galatians 6 1 says, even if someone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, or in other words, you that have some maturity, restore that one. Don't berate them, restore them in a spirit of gentleness or meekness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Obviously, that's critical. We have to have a humble, a meekness about us. But it's also important to be real and to be honest and not to be afraid to call people into a better place, a place that God wants to bring them to that will bring more fruit, more maturity, just all kind of good things into their life. Everyone that's called me into account like that and done it with the right heart and right spirit, it's changed my life for the good, 100%. And those are mile markers in my life. So... This all comes up as a part of the whole package of attention and affection and affirmation and apprenticeship. They all go together. It's not just we, we focus on, oh, let's call people into accountability. That's just one piece of a puzzle. And my little saying for this is accountability produces reliability. And that's the truth. I have learned to be stronger, more reliable through learning to be more accountable. Thanks for joining me for this series on the six A's of influence. I hope it helps you. I hope it encourages you. And I hope it helps you even in your leadership. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.